Lockdown Island. When it comes to the cornerback position out there, we're talking positional breakdowns today with the cornerback. It's Wally's world. We're just living in it. You are no locked on happens, Golden Gophers. No matter what we're going to do here, we're just going to keep rowing. Your daily podcast on the Minnesota uh, Golden turns out, Gophers. Whatever turns out, we're just going to keep rowing. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're just going to keep rowing, keep rowing, and keep rowing. You're listening to Locked On Golden Gophers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Kane Robb, host of the podcast, former collegiate football video coordinator and recruiting assistant here to talk Golden Gophers football with you each and every day of the week. Now, please check us out over on YouTube and be sure to subscribe. Folks, we are catching Locked On Badgers. They had a heads up on us on getting started over at YouTube. And you know what? We're gaining. We're catching up on them and we cannot, we cannot let those pesky Badgers win. If you're already subscribed, then thank you. Thank you very much for that. And if you are not, now's the time. But if you're already subscribed, then be sure to share about the podcast on Twitter, on your socials, so that way other Gophers fans that you interact with will also see the pod. Give it a follow, give it a subscribe, and we can pass those Badgers because we are hosting a competition later when we play when we play the Badgers in Badgers Week. We are doing a locked on battle for the axe. It will be the official first one. And we can't lose the axe, folks. We're, we got to hang on to it in real life, and we have to hang on to it in this podcasting life. So be sure to subscribe and follow wherever you get your podcasts. But that's enough about that. We're talking positional group breakdowns once again today, and today we're talking about the cornerbacks. So as we always do, we're going to dive into departures first. And when we're talking about departures, the first guy we have to bring up is Coney Durr. He was invited to the 2022 Hula Bowl. He also was an all Big Ten honorable mention in both 2020 and 2019. In this past season, he started 13 games where he had 40 tackles, four tackles for loss, and one sack. He had five PBUs and one fumble recovery. Now, over his career, he started in 43 of 55 games that he played with the Golden Gophers, and he made 144 career tackles, broke up 30 passes, which is tied for fourth most in school history, and he made four interceptions. Coney Durr saw a lot of great production. He was the leader out there on the outside as a cornerback, and the team is going to miss him. Straight up, the team is going to miss him. He had a camp opportunity for sure. Um, still trying to stay up to the latest and greatest with Coney Durr. But he's a guy that can get looks at the professional level. If it's not at the NFL, then these other leagues that are growing in opportunity, I would not be surprised to see Coney Durr playing at least at somewhat of a professional capacity. So we're going to be missing him. And then two others I wanted to bring up. We're talking about the main contributors for the most part. The second being Justice Harris. Now Justice Harris 
was part of the quad team, quad team member in 2018 and 2019. Uh, in his fifth year last year, he started in six of the 13 games in which he played. He made 31 tackles, three and a half tackles for loss, broke up two passes, and forced one fumble while recovering two other fumbles. He was a great guy on the inside. Him and Philip Howard, every once in a while, would play on the inside. But Justice Harris, uh, he was under undervalued in my opinion and he was a great guy to have in that secondary on a rock star secondary that helped this team finish top 10 in the big 10 as an overall defense so justice harris is the second departure i wanted to bring up and then the third one of course was who i had mentioned while talking about justice harris in philip howard he was a player that played all 13 games last season uh he saw a Action on both defense and special teams. He had 14 tackles overall, one interception, and one pass breakup in his final season last year. Like I said, he played a lot in that nickel position, but those three guys saw a lot of our production in that DB unit in 2021 that have departed. There were other guys on the roster as well, but people that didn't contribute as much or in as big of a manner as these three guys. So those are the three guys I want to make sure to mention when we talk about the corners. But let's talk about what the room is maintaining and bringing back in the depth chart and how it looks this season. So Justin Wally, of course, is the first guy we have to talk about when it comes to the cornerbacks. He is the guy. Wally Island, Wally's world, whatever you want to call it, Justin Wally is ready to step up for year two. The true freshman played in all 13 games last year and started in the final six, stepping in for injured DBs like tea time. Now he had 29 tackles, seven pass breakups, two fumble recoveries, one forced fumble, and an interception, a fantastic interception. If you haven't seen it, just go watch the highlight against the Badgers. It was a beaut of a interception. And so Justin Wally, true freshman, All-American nod. The kid's talented. He showed that. He showed that in waves and not as the full-time starter because it took him a second to get inserted into the lineup. He showed serious flashes. And the honestly, honestly, the best is yet to come when it comes to Justin Wally. He's been putting in a lot of work. He had talked about in the press uh, conference at the after the first practice, the Saturday practice, he had mentioned that he was excited to get started, but how he had been working on his vision, how he had been really putting in the effort to kind of slow the game down this offseason and be able to be him his best self. So Justin Wally, definitely a guy that we are going to be excited to watch over the next few years. He's got three years of eligibility left and will definitely lead this cornerback room for the years to come. The next guy that we need to talk about is Terrell Smith. He won Outstanding Freshman in 2018. He is likely the starter outside of Justin Wally. So him and Justin Wally will both start on the outside cornerback positions, most likely. He is looking like a lockdown cornerback, especially in the one-versus-one opportunities that we have seen in the one-on-one coverage and man coverage. Tea time 
aka Terrell Smith, has been looking phenomenal in the practices. The speed is there. The aggressiveness is there. I mean, overall, the size is there. It's just now we need it to take place on Saturdays under the bright lights when it counts, stay healthy, and be able to capitalize on all of that intangibles and all of the ability that he has. We've seen it in flashes. Now we need to see it all the way in this final year of eligibility for Terrell Smith. Last year, he had seven games in which he started, played in 10 games total, but he finished injured. He had 16 tackles, two pass breakups, one interception, and one fumble recovery. Even in those brief moments, we saw a lot of flashes. We just need the consistency, and T-Time has been showing that in these practices, so we're excited. I mean, not only has Michael Brown-Stevens, not only has Chris Amon-Bell, even Brevin Sport to some extent have all talked about in these media conferences after the practices how T-Time is the guy that they hate going up against because he is physical, he is aggressive, he has been in his bag lately, folks, and so it's exciting. When the players are all giving him his props and giving him his due and talking about, man, he's just pesky, he's pesky to go after in practice, you put that out on the field, and that's going to be fun for the fans to watch, but it's also going to be invaluable for this team that has Justin Wally across from him on the field. It can give many teams tons of hassle when it comes to playing our Gophers secondary. So that's tea time. Now the third player I want to mention is Ryan Stapp. Transfer from Abilene Christian University. Jack Gibbons had mentioned him, recommended him to the coaches when they had reached out to him, talking about how hard of a work he is. He's a scrapper. He is a high IQ player. All things that we saw in Jack Gibbons. And we're seeing it from Ryan Stapp on the field in these practices, which you love to see. He seems to be the first cornerback that is rotated both inside in the nickel position, the nickel corner, and both outside on the outside corner positions as well. He's got the versatility to do both on the inside and the outside. Last year, he played in 10 games with Abilene Christian, where he had 44 tackles, one forced fumble. And I just, in his time with Abilene Christian, he was a FCS all freshman in 2019 and then last year he was second team all WAC last season he's he's likely to see a lot of opportunity for the Gophers in 2021 and honestly if someone were to go down on the outside corners I believe we would probably shift Ryan Stapp to an outside corner and then try to plug that nickel play with of course, the next guy we're going to talk about on this list with Michael Dixon, who will likely start there, but also with our other cornerbacks that we'll talk about as we go on. So Ryan Stapp is going to be a very key piece on this defense. He'll be playing all over, but he is the first guy when it comes to rotating in at multiple different positions at the cornerback. Now, like I said, we're talking about Michael Dixon next, or Flip Dixon for many of the fans out there. Uh, he's the starting nickel cornerback. He's also a backup safety. He he basically could line up as the sandbacker if he needed to. He's got that versatility. He's extremely 
strong. He's built for the position. He looks like a football player. Like, dude is just yoked. He's yoked, folks. And so he's a fun guy to watch out there. He's a menace. He's going to be a mismatch nightmare, as we have brought up on the show time and time again. Last year, he played in all 13 games, but he only started in one game. He had 12 total tackles and an interception last season. And I would look or expect to see a lot of Flip Dixon this season. He might be, and most likely will be, the first guy out there in that nickelback corner position. We saw him a ton in these practices. Uh, We heard from coach, defensive coordinator, and coach Joe Rossi about Flip Dixon and about how important his versatility is to this team. And so let's hear what coach had to say. Defense. You know, he's awesome because he's got length and he's got physicality. So you can do some things with him in the run fit and, and being in the run game, but he also can cover. Um, so he's kind of that true hybrid player. Uh, and we can play him a bunch of places. You know, he'll play at nickel, he'll play back at safety. He'll, he'll do a lot of different things for us and be a lot of different places depending on the package. So it's, it's awesome to be able to have that. So like I said, Flip Dixon is a guy to get excited about. We're going to see a lot of him this season, and he might be my favorite player to look forward to in 2022 when it comes to these defensive backs on this Gophers roster. Now the next guy we're going to talk about who's been working in with the twos a lot, those first four I mentioned are kind of the starters that we've been looking at. Uh, Even Ryan Stapp is not necessarily a starter, but the first guy worked in playing a lot with the ones. So then now we're looking at our guys that are playing a lot more with the twos over practice. And the first is Beanie Bishop. He showed flashes of brilliance in the spring game, which has been getting realized more and more in these fall camp practices as he's been worked into the rotation more, worked into the twos a lot more, taking on a leadership role with that second unit. And so... We saw the flashes, he's getting more reps, and he'll likely be a rotational defensive back for the team on the outside. So he transferred in to Minnesota from Western Kentucky. He was All-Conference USA player in 2021, honorable mention for All-Conference in the kick returning game. Now we haven't seen him in the return game too much or at all in these practices, Mainly, we've seen Quentin Redding and Clay Geary back there. But in 21, he played in 13 games. He had 43 tackles, six and a half tackles for loss, and four pass breakups, plus three interceptions, which one was brought back for a touchdown, and he had one forced fumble. Hopefully, we will see him more and more as he continues to get acclimated and he continues to speed up his his process in the game. But hopefully we get to see him more and more in his usage, and he does have two years of eligibility left. Both him and Ryan Staff have two years of eligibility left. Now, the next few guys are more of that developing category that I've been bringing up in some of these positional breakdowns, and the next two will likely be depth cornerbacks for this roster that will travel, that will grow over the season, but they're likely to get not very many game reps this year unless they are needed or upon injury. 
The first of those two is Tariq Watson. He's a true freshman, three-star cornerback, 65 tackles as a senior, three interceptions as well. He's been quick learning. He's been on a quick learning curve overall with the Gophers, and I expect him to continually grow in within the program this year. He's likely to travel. He's likely to see some special teams work. He would be the second or third cornerback outside to rotate in behind uh, Ryan Stapp and behind Beanie Bishop. So he would be that third guy to rotate in on the outside if needed. If there was an injury, I wouldn't be surprised to see Stapp on the outside play more, like I had said, and then see Flip Dixon take over that nickelback with maybe Jalen Glaze holding down the next man up mentality in that nickelback position. So I would really anticipate Tariq Watson would be the third guy outside if needed outside of our two starters. And then the other guy I mentioned right there, Jalen Glaze, third nickelback DB behind Flip Dixon, behind Ryan Stapp. He has all the talent and all the ability. He just needs to keep getting reps and capitalizing on them. Repetition, 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 and fine-tuning things that will help Jalen Glaze continue to see his talent used to the fullest capability. Now, Jalen Glaze has three years of eligibility left, so that is exciting. P.J. Fleck mentioned Jalen Glaze in the second practice that was open to the media, and he said he recognized him as an important player and said, Jalen Glaze, this team needs you. He's likely a guy that will travel. He might not get a ton of reps every game. He's going to be used in special teams as we've seen him used in the past. Last year, he played in all 13 games as a special teams player. And Jalen Glaze, plus a few of these guys that I'm going to go into coming up coming up right after we finish discussing Jalen Glaze, are guys that I would not be surprised if you see them cross-training at the safety position in practices and things like that because the safety room, if you were to take away all these corners that we mentioned that I'm talking about cross-training, you would have four to five guys playing safety. Four to five in the in entirety of your depth. And that's just, nobody does that. It's, it's not too difficult to cross-train and at least be ready. So I anticipate Jalen Glaze, plus some of these guys we're going to go into very briefly, are cross-training at the safety position as well, and we'll likely give them a quick shout tomorrow. But uh, the next guys in that developing category that probably won't travel with the team this season are Michael Fleming. He was a redshirt in 2020, played in one game in 2021 before getting hurt. He's gotten some snaps in the twos periods, but mainly limited to a rofer, which is those younger guys that get their young guys versus young guys periods. Uh, he has an attack the ball mentality, and he did have one strip force fumble on Zach Evans over the practices we were able to see as the media. If I had to guess right now, I would likely say he doesn't play much or travel with the team this season. Then the next few guys are guys just, they're still developing, they're still growing. Probably won't see any time this season playing in meaningful stats, and that is Stephen Ortiz Jr., Victor Pless, Aiden Gowsby, and Rylan Kelly. We haven't seen a whole lot of these guys in the camp. Pless probably had the most time with some of the twos occasionally, but 
in Monday's practice, he was hurt. He was not dressed, and he had his knee wrapped up. So an injury to monitor. The rest of those guys didn't really see a whole lot of time. Ortiz and Gowsby have both mainly been scout guys over camp, and Rylan Kelly also mainly a scout, but occasional reps with the twos, less than what we see from Pless. Not enough to make me think that any of them will play this year. Likely, uh, Ryland and Gowsby, who are both true freshmen, will be red shirts. And like I said, I wouldn't be surprised if they start cross-training at the safety position as well for the development for years to come. Now, next, we're going to talk about how this group and how this room has looked statistically last season. And that's going to come up next. First, a message from the NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and you're putting a few drinks back. A few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Nah, you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds you get pulled over anyway? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everybody knows the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, it still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel after being under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on our roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. If it only takes one mistake to change your life, or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. All right, so we are talking about this DB group and statistically what it has looked like this past season. But first, thank you for making Locked On Golden Gophers your first listen when it comes to Gophers sports, especially every day. We've got a show Monday through Friday, so be sure to subscribe on YouTube. Be sure to follow wherever you get the podcast. Now let's talk about this unit statistically over the past few years. Now we're looking at a group that had the sixth fewest passing yards per game this past season in 2021 at only 181.2 yards given up through the air per game. That was only behind Washington, Cincinnati, Wisconsin, Lafayette, and Liberty. Those are the only five schools that had less passing yards across the entire nation. So as you see, as we break these groups down, this defense, this defense was elite and this secondary is possibly, quite possibly, even better than the group that we saw last year. I would not be surprised if this secondary is even better. And they were fifth best in opponents' points per game, behind Georgia, behind Clemson, behind Wisconsin, and behind Texas A&M. They also were second in opponents' yards per game with 278 behind only Wisconsin. That being said, this team is looking to capitalize more on interceptions, on turnovers, so fumble recoveries, interceptions, forcing fumbles. That is the next step for this defense in creating more opportunities to get the ball back in the offense's hand. Last year, they were 98th in interceptions per game last year. I expect this number to tick up with an even more experience returning back at the position 
and on top of that more talent at the position as well so this is going to be an exciting time this secondary as we've seen in the practices now usually defenses early on have a foot up on the offense when it comes to getting back into the swing of things defenses just have more things that can they have the advantage when it comes to coming back to the NFL, when it comes to coming back to college football, when it comes to camps and things like that, you see one-on-one drills and things like that. Typically, well, one-on-one drills is a different different beast. That one, the wide receivers usually have the edge because they know the route they're running and you're just a DB put on an island and put on skates right away. So, But in most occasions, the defense has the advantage because there's less intricacies with what they are putting on the field whereas the offense you're still developing your timing you're still developing the chemistry between the quarterback and those running the routes those catching the ball so that timing that learning people's how they run their routes that takes more time for the offense to start clicking clicking getting on the exact same page whereas the defense is less relying and I want to be careful how I say this because there are a lot of intricacies to defense as well. It's just something that be, can be developed very quickly when you're getting back into the swing of things. Whereas the offense, it takes a little bit more time to really fully develop. So, like I said, you expect the defense to be a little bit better in the early days of practice especially. But this defense has been causing chaos for this offense they've been giving tanner morgan who doesn't turn the ball over some fits in practice at times and he's very efficient we've known that we've seen that for years and you know what this defense causes chaos the line is giving enough pressure to the point where it doesn't give him a whole lot of time to get the ball out of his hands but the secondary is draped on their guys they're talented enough to keep up they play their zones very uh, they maintain their zone coverage very distinctly and they are very determined and strict to their zones and being able to play off of each other as the secondary. So they are halting a lot of opportunities for the offense. So the secondary, man, this secondary, it's legit. It's, it's going to be a good time, and they're going to be a unit that stands out and gets more and more respect as time goes on. In fact, On3 named them a top 10 secondary in the entire country already heading into the 2022 season. They came in at 10th, and I do anticipate they'll crawl up that list a bit higher than 10th as well. So a fun unit to look at. Now we're going to talk about where they would rank within the conference coming up next. Just the cornerback group, not the entire secondary. But first, a message from our friends. All right, so like I said, we're going to talk about rank within the conference. And let's just jump into it, folks. Iowa comes in at number one. Riley Moss, that's enough said. I mean, Riley Moss is a dog when it comes to corners. First team all-conference and won the award for best cornerback in the Big Ten last season. He had nine pass breakups four interceptions, and two of those four interceptions were touchdowns. The dude's a stud. Riley Moss literally leads that room into that first place for me. Now, number two, Ohio State. 
Denzel Burke and Cameron Brown are both guys that will lead that room. Burke had the most zone coverage snaps last season without allowing a single touchdown in the Big Ten. So absolute stud there. They have two really solid guys. So Ohio State comes in at two at the cornerbacks. Again, this isn't the entire secondary. Three, Penn State. They've got Joey Porter, who is a beast. And then he was third team all-conference by coaches as well. So he's got that talent. He's looking to continue to develop and step up for his team. Number four, we've got Indiana. Now, I honestly, you could possibly put Indiana over Penn State uh, because Taiwan Mullen is a dude. He's a guy. He's a stud. He is rock solid. And IU's defense will be its potential saving grace in some close games. He was the highest graded cornerback when it comes to run support this past season. And anywhere you look, any outlets you look at, he is often listed in the top 10 across the nation, along with Riley Moss. Those two guys are consistently representing the conference. So if you had an Indiana hire, I wouldn't blame you. Now coming at number five, I've got Minnesota. Wally World puts the Big Ten on full notice this season, but the depth that we have across the cornerback room allows us to be in this top five, in my opinion. Number six is Michigan, DJ Turner. He leads the way as the full-time starting capacity this time. He had done a lot of spot minutes and stepped in this past season, and he looked really good in them. On top of that, they will have true freshman Will Johnson coming in as well. Number seven, I've got Maryland. They're, they've got Jacorian Bennett and Tarheeb Still, who both return this season after solid years last year so having some rock solid guys returning both returning i think that'll be helpful for maryland they come in at seven eight is wisconsin they lost two big time starters but they brought in three transfers from unlv kentucky and ucla so it's kind of up in the air how how productive they'll be but they've at least given themselves a shot to be in the running Nine, we've got Northwestern, Cameron Mitchell and A.J. Hampton both return. Both were getting honorable mention in the conference last year. So, you know, Northwestern might be a little too low on my list, but they come in at nine. Ten, we've got Nebraska. They lost Cameron, Taylor, Britt, and other key guys with huge name or without any huge names coming back. The program, from what I can see, it could be tough. It could be a drop-off for them. So I do anticipate them to fall down to about 10th this year. And then 11th, Michigan State. They added speed from Georgia. Uh, but they have a couple of returners as well. But it was one of the worst units in the entire country last season. So I only gave them a slight bump. And that's respectful in itself that they got a slight bump. I guess I said they were one of the worst units in the country last year at the cornerback position. So Michigan State's at 11. Then we've got Illinois at 12, 13 Rutgers, and 14 Purdue. That wraps up our ranks within the conference. Again, these gopher cornerbacks are exciting, but we're wrapping up the secondary tomorrow, and that gopher position could very well be the best in the conference. So we'll talk about that tomorrow at the safeties. That's going to do it for us on today's episode of Locked on Golden Gophers. Thank you for listening. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for subscribing. Uh, we are going to have a good time with the safeties tomorrow. And then Friday, I've got a fun topic for you. I'll tease it tomorrow. So have a great day.